Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 111 of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, Evan from Wilderness discusses his first band, and I recommend the Sacramento progressive metal band Aloe. Before all that, I welcome Blothar back onto the program. Blothar, a.k.a. Michael Bishop, is the lead alien monster from the band Guar, who are about to release their new album, The New Dark Ages, on June 3rd. Michael came on to discuss the lore of the band, the graphic novel that accompanies the new album, comics in general, toys in general, the glorious animal, the platypus, and more. Now before diving into my chat with Blothar, here's some of Motherfucking Liar from the new album, The New Dark Ages by Gwar. Burn, burn, set it on fire. One thing I hate is a motherfucking liar. Truth is undone, like it never existed. Hello. Hello. Howdy. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> Where in the world this are you right now, Mr. Blothar? <laughs> yes, you just called me on my phone. I, I star 69 you. I didn't know that still worked. Uh, oh, yeah, it doesn't. It's just, I'm just thinking about starring your 69. I don't know. Uh, I'm in, uh, uh, totally fine <laughs> yeah grand junction colorado oh lovely yeah i'm assuming it's not your first time to colorado what is a what does a alien monster do in in colorado smoke weed i mean what else are you gonna do yeah eat edibles massive edibles and smoke weed and then you know just light shit on fire classic yeah uh, so the tour behind your new record, The Dark New Ages, has just kicked off. How has the how's the tour been so far? Uh, well, it's The New Dark Ages, um, is what it's called, which doesn't, you know, I'm just correcting your incorrect assertion. Uh, my, uh, uh, my, light, but... <laughs> my light dyslexia got the best of me. My apologies. It's all right. Um, it's, it's going great. Uh, you know, we, we have been out for all of, like, five days, I think, six days. Um, and I mean, the shows, the shows are fun and people are having a good time. Uh, if they survive, they come away. You know, I like to think people are dumber after they leave a bar show. So, but, um, it's been fun. You know, it's fun to get out and play again after, uh, and this isn't the first tour we've done, but, um, definitely feels like we haven't been doing much for the past two years so yeah my next question is actually sort of about the last tour you did which was the first you know not post-pandemic because it's still current but you know in the pandemic sort of stuff so how has your your life on tour changed in this new uh wasteland landscape whichever word you chose to use yeah i mean you know we're, we're trying <laughs> it's a never-ending search for toilet paper and hand sanitizer <laughs> uh, i don't know i mean i mean it, you know, it's fine for us. We just go out and play the show and collapse on the bad shaped, bad shaped helicopter. Um, 
but you know, it's it's nice to be out there with the risk of death. Like that's so it's you know every show, every person you meet, it's like they may be your undoing. Uh, so you know, it, it has its moments, but it, it's it's been frankly a pain in the ass to tour with no with COVID around. Um, but I'm just glad that we're touring at all. Yeah, I feel that. I've had more than a handful of shows a uh, week of get canceled. So, uh, you know, stay safe and all that good stuff. Um, well, as safe as you can being Guar and going to a Guar show, I guess. I've died many a time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and I plan to die in October when you're in a ad aftershock. That's going to be a good time. Out in the sunshine. Yeah, getting, and getting it's, killed. you know, yeah, man, it's going to be a blast. It's, it's, it's very, uh, I will say that the touring <clears throat> that we've been doing, uh now i think that things are a little it's a little more relaxed and uh you know people are having good i mean that first tour we did you were actually having no shows you know people were having that like where people would buy tickets and not show up because uh they're you know the, the it had just opened up so and that was a little weird if uh, setlist.fm is to be believed, uh, you guys are pulling out quite a few tracks you haven't played in a while. And this is kind of a boring question, but with such a big back catalog, how do you guys uh, find, you know, a, building a setlist for a tour? And like, I know it's kind of a boring question, but like, I'm the guy in my band that makes our setlist and I, I kind of love doing it. <laughs> well, I mean, with, with Guar, you can always, uh, you can always, I mean, there's just, there's such, it's such a, 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 a catalog. I mean, it's really, uh, it's really a large catalog. And we just sort of, you know, think about the songs that we, that we want to play and that we haven't played for a while. And that, that uh, a lot of times it's uh, the narrative of the show will dictate that, right? Like, uh, okay, you know, th this particular action is going on with this skit uh, and, you know, well, we have a song that, that fits that. So we'll stick in, you know, uh, whatever tune that is. So when you're building, and that's pretty much how I do. So when you're building a set list, you kind of have like a storyboard going in and then work backwards. That's cool. Always. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how Guar works. Lovely. It's always, uh, yeah. And then there's like you said, there's so much lore and stuff behind Guar, and this, of course, isn't the band's first concept album. But how has how is working the comic out of the album, assuming the album came first, or did you write the uh, album post comic? It would they were written simultaneously, um, and uh, you know, it, it is the first time that we've done something where we try to connect something like a com like a graphic novel to uh an album narrative and that was it was a lot of fun i mean it it, it you know the comic definitely uh we were able to fill out i mean music is just it's like poetry plus you know it's it's got there's just things in it emotion and and sensory experience that you can't put into a a comic you know and then Obviously, in a comic, there's narrative detail that you can't put into a song. So uh, it was fun to have those two things working together. 
And when you're building an album or writing the comic, I, while researching for this interview, I came across a website called scumdog.fandom.com, which is a website entirely about the lore of the band. It doesn't really dive into the songs or the albums. It's more about the lore. Is this a place you've checked out before in hopes of keeping the lore straight when writing an album or for the graphic novel, or are there really no rules about keeping things consistent? Uh, there used to be no rules about keeping things consistent and war was very much the stories that we would tell ourselves when we would get stoned on the bus and ride around but like uh you know that that definitely has changed there's more of a uh there's definitely more of a uh, a focused narrative that uh has you know we've been tracing out the characters and you know, I mean, it, it, we're, we're careful to uh, to keep it consistent now, but certainly when we started, it, it, it was not. And then how involved with the actual graphic novel part were you? Like, did you approve character designs? Was any of that stuff or was it delivered to you with the album lyrics? And you're like, dope, cool, love it. The members, yeah, the members of Guar uh, made this comic. Um, and principally, there were two of them. And you have to remember that Guar... Or's origins are very much in underground comics, right? Like uh, uh, the first time that I ever heard of either Dave Brocky or Hunter Jackson or the founders of the band was through their comics, uh, which were put out in little punk rock fanzines and stuff like that. So um, there's always been comic artists in the band, um, a lot of them, like several. Um, so there, you know, we, the, the company that we worked with, Z2, was very open to our guys writing it um and you know the story was 100 percent war and then uh Balsack, the jaws of death wrote it uh with with some help from some other people and uh the, the artists in the band uh everybody got panels to draw um so it was you know or pages to draw you know it was very very cool and we're very involved in it so Z2 is a name I've been seeing a lot lately because uh, they also did Anthrax as Among the Living thing where they had like mm -hmm. a bunch of people write stuff. Um, did they reach out to you yep. guys when the album was, you know, in works or did you talk to them first or is it just kismet somehow? Uh, they reached out to us uh, before they really, I think, even knew that the album was in the works. Um, although it may have been, you know, that, that's a good question. I, I had the sense that they reached out to us. But it could just as well have been our uh, our management company that uh, I, I think actually come to think of it, I think that they do manage a couple of uh, acts that uh, are doing um, comics with Z2. So that's probably how we got connected. <laughs> and are, uh, are, is uh, Michael Bishop a big comic guy and can Blothar read? Blothar can read runes. But uh, and certainly comic books are attractive because there's just a lot of pictures. Of course. Um, but uh, all of the members of Guar, I would I would hazard to say at least most of the members of Guar are fans of uh, of uh, comic books. Um, and really, anything that has been traditionally dismissed as trash culture, right? That's that's what Guar is all about. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean. Very much so. Uh, uh, certainly, the the guitar player and myself, and 
uh, uh, Borg Destructo, who's uh, one of the artists in the band, and, and uh, Bone Snapper, who's also an artist in the band, like very into uh, into comics. Movies and feelings. Pop, pop. Bring Your Own Popcorn is a podcast that dives into people and the movies who love them. Let us preach to your choir or stoke your ire as we spiral down memory lane with cult classics, Jurassics, and other genres that rhyme with traffic. What we lack in education, we make up for with comedy, compassion, and camaraderie. I'm your host, Mixtape Majesty, inviting you to join me and an assortment of wonderful guests on fine podcast apps everywhere. Bring your own popcorn. That was some of Cool Place to Park from Guar's Scum Dogs of the Universe album, which features Michael Bishop on vocals during his past life as Beefcake the Mighty. I'll have more from Michael in a moment, but first, this is my first band. Every musician has to start somewhere, and in this episode, Evan Anderson Barry from Wilderun discusses his heavy origins. Like my personal first band. Yes, um, oh, uh, okay, so middle school. Uh, I was in a band in middle school called the 62nd Crooks. Okay, and you can't go before you go on. What <laughs> the sixty-second crooks? Crooks, like you know, like 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 uh, thieves. Oh, like a bunch of bandits. Yeah, bandits, exactly. Okay. The sixty-second crooks, and uh, and I don't know. I think we played just like I don't even remember if we had original songs. It could have just been like it was definitely like the middle school talent show thing. Uh, it was. I, I actually played drums at at middle school and high school. I was mostly playing drums, and then I. Uh, I eventually switched. I was playing guitar and piano too, but just not as well. I eventually dug more of that because I wanted to write songs. But middle school and high school, I was mostly playing drums when I was playing with other people. And uh, yeah, 60 Second Crooks, I, I I think we might have had like one original song. And for the life of me, I can't remember what it sounded like. But I think at that time in my life, I was listening to like, you know, mostly pop punk and like, uh, I don't know, new metal. Your typical like late nineties, early two thousands shit. And is that what you were covering as well? Middle school shit, like just that era. So it was something like that. (laughs) So were you guys out there like covering Jimmy Eat World and uh fuck, I don't know, Mudbane, I guess? I don't think I think we did uh, probably like I think Blink One A two. I'm I'm almost positive we probably did like a Blink One A two or Green Day. Um maybe maybe some Weezer. I don't even remember, but it's along those veins, yeah. All right, perfect.
Wilderun's latest Epicon is out now via Century Media Records. You can get your copy now over at Wilderun.com. That's W-I-L-D-E-R-U-N. Period. C-O-M. Now before I wrap my conversation with Blothar, here's some of Berserker Mode from Guar's The New Dark Ages. And then to pivot to the album itself a little bit and the story in there, uh, could you tell me a bit about Berserker Mode? Berserker Mode is the story of uh, Blothar. It's my story. It's me uh, proclaiming my existence in war. And, uh, you know, we had kind of done it with Viking Death Machine, but uh, with this one we wanted to really sort of have uh, uh wrote it for... Beef, for actually for uh, uh, Lothar, for me, you know, I've always wanted to say that it's like, it's like, like Exene for Beck saying that John wrote this song for me to sing on the boardwalk in Venice. You know, I mean, so it's <laughs> it's very romantic. Yes, it's beautiful. Right? Uh, Pushless, yeah, yeah. He he wrote uh, uh, he wrote the music, and then we uh, and and a set of lyrics, and we just sort of sat around and tried to tell them my story as a and it's very based in uh well it's kind of the opposite the nordic culture is based on blothar's contributions um, <laughs> but uh that, that's really where it comes from and and part of the actual mode is increasing in size i'm uh i'm five foot, oh, oh yes 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 i'm five I'm foot sorry, five I, could I you didn't... teach me the, how to do that because i'm i'm a small guy and that'd be cool to go berserker a show be and see from the back because i can't see overheads yeah you just yeah you just blow into your into your thumb and my thumb swell up to 15 feet <laughs> i mean but you know what 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 that came from that is there's an alt bar and, and uh, uh in the duo verse and uh Lothar, you know, uh, I meet my opposite and come back into this realm with some new powers. And one of them is uh, the power to, when when I become a berserker, uh, also become a giant uh, figure. So that's it's pretty fun. Seems pretty sweet. Uh, there's also yeah. another track on the record called Venom of the Platypus. And while I don't have the lyrics in front of me, it doesn't seem like it's, you know, the the history and uh, biology of a weird duck beaver creature, uh, kind of like I hoped. No. Um, in the album, who or what is the platypus? <laughs> well, you know, first of all, the fact that platypuses have venom is very interesting, and they're just such a weird creature. Uh, but uh, there's a, a character in the uh, in the graphic novel that, you know, so, so that song is referencing that, uh, that character it's kind of like a uh, a totemistic little sort of like uh microsoft clippy type character you know? <laughs> the paper the talking paper clip now, there's a and name i haven't and, heard and, in quite some time <laughs> uh, yeah yeah and we just well we discovered you know that that the, the puggle uh which is a a baby version of a platypus um, would you know be cute and weird uh and difficult to understand, uh, 
and at the same time poisonous, right? So um, seemed like a good kind of totem for us to use. I, I'm sorry, is is Puggle actually what they're called? Like an otter's a pup? It is. Yes, that's fantastic. I'm leaving with a little more knowledge. You said Gore makes people dumber. <laughs> we pretend to make people dumber. Um, also, on your website, there uh, are a line of knuckleheads dolls out now, and I, I don't think it's the first time Gore has been uh, put into action figure form or collectible form. But are are you a to- no. are you a toy collector, guys? Like, is that still really cool to you? Because I I want an action figure of me, but I'm a lone podcaster, and uh, no one wants to make a plastic mold of me yet. Yeah, it'd be great if they did. I mean, but and then you could have imagine how boring your playset would be. It's just <laughs> it's like my dinner with Andre playset that they mentioned. Uh, you know, uh, um. It, it, yeah, I mean, we have a uh, we over the years we've tried and tried and failed many times to have an actual action figure, a poseable action figure. Uh, it's expensive and uh, involves manufacturing in different countries and things like that. Uh, but now we're getting to the point where, uh, I mean, actually, right now we're waiting on a, an action figure of Odorous uh, to come in. Uh, that is about a year overdue. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, Guar's always been a band that really lends itself to uh, having dolls and playing with dolls. And I don't collect toys. Uh, many members of the band do. I see. What is the thing you collect? Or are you a collector at all? Uh... Well, I collect hides, certainly. Uh, I collect antlers. Um, and I collect dust, a lot of dust, just sitting there, lonely, staring at the sky. No, I mean, I, I think I collect Probably if I had to say anything, it would be books. A lot of books. I got a lot of books. What is the weirdest thing you own? It sounds like antlers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably the weirdest thing I own is Blofar's dick covers. They're like these little SNL uh, sort of cock cages that go over my other wieners and uh, are there in case uh, the authorities get very upset about my udders. So. That's a weird thing to have, don't you think? Like a little cock cover. You know, I ask that question uh, pretty regularly, and I've never asked it of a member of Guar, you know, forgetting that everything involved in Guar could fit that catalog. I think the guy from Between the Bear and Me said a gumball machine. And so, yeah, you definitely win, like, by a mile. Um, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you have at work, so. Yeah, four of them. I have four of them. And a sideways vagina. Why sideways? Ah, uh, you know, just that's what fit. Sure. <laughs> uh, you re- it's a toothy maw. <laughs> Love it. Um, you recently made headlines for calling out Steve Harris for shitting on punk and then all that stuff, but the headlines all, of course, were fixated on uh, the parts about his age and appearance. Are there any other acts that you'd like to take on that have a rabid fan base? Uh, maybe Slayer or Slipknot <laughs> while you're on my show? <laughs> 
I, I like how you should describe his age and appearance. You know, and and I suppose that is what I what I called out. But really, I mean, you know, that's well, a. It was all in good humor, and uh, the press being what they are, they had to sensationalize it with a bunch of bullshit. Right, but, like uh, like I said, you, I, I did say it though. <laughs> there, there was the part about him like not being a, a, a fan of punk rock, which it was part of it, but all the headlines were just about agent appearance, which I, I know, I know, it was ridiculous, especially coming from me, like a million year old fatso. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, Machine Gun Kelly did something similar and, you know, was then playing Aftershock, getting pelted with batteries and stuff. So uh, have you ever had stuff thrown at you at a show in in that sort of oh, way? Oh, hell yes. All kinds of stuff. I mean, you know, we had batteries thrown at us at, uh, at uh, we played the Gathering of the Juggalos. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that was a yes. But doesn't that mean they like you? No, they do that to somebody they hated. I don't know. Faye goes with them. They very... like you. Yeah, it was a very body positive event. That's mainly what I remember. <laughs> Since the passing of Odorous, there has been a, a kind of a slow in the band's output uh, compared to the earlier days, uh, even before the pandemic. Uh, is is there a reason for that, or is it just like the fan desire for new materials not there, or is a shift in focus to like other stuff, or just like preferring touring or something? Uh, no. I mean, I think that uh, Odorous died in. 2014 and uh it took a few years to put together uh an album that felt like a gore album i mean we had to you know that was really new territory writing uh i mean certainly ball sack and and i had written gore songs before but uh uh you know and and uh Pushless too but uh formulating lyrics i mean that definitely had been sort of predominantly uh the realm of odorous um so you know i mean it just kind of took as long as it took and then it, the next record should have come out a lot sooner but the pandemic really slowed things down so that makes sense um but i think yeah i think you're going to see the band pick up the pace here uh, is is Gore a kind of band that I keep hearing this rumor about Kiss, where Gene thinks Kiss can live on without, you know, Peter or not Peter, uh, Paul and himself, where it can just become Kiss as a brand. Do you think Gore could do the same? I think that we should try to do that. I think it's it's really weird how I would imagine that it's much more likely that Gore could pull that off than Kiss. And and here's why, because those guys do seem very invested in themselves, right? Like, I mean, those characters that they're presenting are, uh, especially the two of them, uh, I mean, that's, Gene Simmons is is the demon, you know, and uh, Paul Stanley is the, is the star child. I mean, so it's, uh, I don't know, I, I, it's, a little harder for me to imagine that than it is for Guar going on, believe it or not, just because actually, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to change that. I mean, with Guar, it's not, it's not the musicians. It's not the, the costumes and the outfits. The difficult thing is, you know, the, Kiss actually, I'm pretty sure they pay people to make their staging and their props and their costumes and things like that. And Guar, 
probably the most difficult thing is finding people that are willing to uh, work <laughs> uh, as as artists in the band. Uh, you know, I mean, that, that's definitely been the biggest challenge um, because it's kind of a thankless job, right? Uh, and Guar has always considered the artists in the band to be part of the band. Um, so it's not like, you know, there's not people we're hiring out to do this. Yeah, there seems to be like a punk rock attitude and energy in the DIY spirits there. So, you know, that, yeah, that seems yeah. And, and Odorous, it is, it is harder. And Odorous, he thought that, and he would say that, that he believed that Guar could live forever um, in the same way that I think Gene Simmons is imagining it. Um, but I don't know. I think Guar lives as long as the artists want to keep making it. <laughs> cool. Alrighty, sir. Well, that was my that was my final question for you. Uh, I'm going to let you free to you know lay waste to Colorado and everywhere else on this tour, and uh, I'm looking forward to see you on like, Eat my show eggs, Benedict. Or, what was that? Eat my eggs, Benedict. That's what I'm eating. Oh, you have a late breakfast lunch. Well, you live in the rock star life. Of course, this is breakfast time. Apologies right. for interrupting. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. Well, you have a good Let rest of your dust off this coat. Okay. <laughs> Talk to you later. All right. Later, sir. Much later. <laughs> In the next life. Lovely. See you then. The new Dark Ages by Guar will be out on June 3rd via the Pit Records. Pre-order your copy now at guar.net. There you can also pick up a copy of the graphic novel, merch, and the aforementioned Guar dolls. They're so fucking cute. Now, to conclude this episode, I am recommending the Sacramento progressive metal band Aloe. Aloe formed in late 2020 and includes folks from the greater Sacramento area bands Momentum Worry and The Men Upstairs. In April, they recorded their debut single, D-B-Y-D, and released it earlier this month, May 2020. Now... Here is D-B-Y-D in its entirety.
You can purchase your copy of DBYD now over at alloprog.bandcamp.com and follow the band on Instagram at allo.prog. By the way, both of those are spelled A-L-O for the fans of phonetics. Also, full disclosure, I play bass in this band. This is where my focus has been when, uh, unfortunately, Farbin Metal has been on the on the back of my mind. I still love doing this show, and I hope to do more episodes more frequently, but like right now, it's all aloe, and it feels good. Thank you for listening. Anyway, now as always, the theme song is Far Beyond Metal by the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Meter Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.